No, I'm kidding. Acts chapter 19, Acts chapter number 19, and uh, I'm going to preach a message here today. Uh, uh, it's going to apply to really what's happening in our nation today. And I'm really not one, you know this, it'll be five years this September that I've been pastoring here. I don't deal with a lot of uh, political things from the pulpit. I don't deal with, uh, I really just preach verse by verse through the Bible. I like to take the book of the Bible like the book of Acts, and we're just preaching through it. But as we come to a place in Acts, and I've been so, so surprised as I've been studying, and it seems like exactly what we need for our church as individuals and really for our country, we have found every single week as we've studied through the book of Acts. And today is going to be no different. I want to talk to you about this topic of confusion. How many of you would say at times you're confused? I'm not talking about forgetful. I'm talking about confused. You see something that used to be wrong and now society's calling it right. How many of you that confuses you? There's a lot of people that have said this. I, I don't know what's happening to the world. It's different from then when I grew up. I remember, and I, I am not that old, but I remember when we were, when I was young, we would get on our bikes and we would just, we would just ride as far as we possibly could. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have uh, uh, ways to communicate back home. And, and we were so far that if my mom yelled out the front door, we, we wouldn't hurt her anyways. And we would just take off as far as we could. And when we got hungry, we knew it was dinner time. We came home. And uh, it seems like that was kind of, now we don't let our kids cross the street without watching. We, we, we don't let them go out in the yard without watching. Society is very, very different. And for, me, for many, it brings confusion. I want to I wanna preach on this topic of confusion here today. Because Satan's plan is to resist the work of God. As we look in Acts chapter 19, look with me in verse number 23, if you would please. Acts chapter 19, verse number 23. There's confusion here in Ephesus. Now, again, Paul is, is in Ephesus. He's preaching the gospel. There's, there's uh, uh, people being saved, but there's, there's always a resistance. Now, I, I want you to, just, just by way of introduction here, I want you to remember this. Since the beginning of time, since the New Testament church was, was established, there's always been a resistance to the gospel. And don't, don't let people fool you to say, well, uh, uh, it just seems like there's great persecution out of the truth. There's always been persecution to the truth. Stephen was, was stoned. And I don't mean stoned as in high. I mean stoned as in killed, picked up rocks, and he was stoned. You know why? Because he was preaching the gospel. Paul was imprisoned, and, and eventually Paul's life would be taken, and many of the apostles were, were, were beaten and, and uh, killed, and many followers of Jesus Christ were, were killed over, over these centuries because they were preaching the gospel. The gospel has never been popular. Because what the gospel does, the gospel causes mankind to, to realize that he's a sinner and he needs a savior. And so there's always been resistance. And Satan's plan has always been from the beginning of time to resist the work of God. 
And where the gospel is preached, Satan's plan is always to cause confusion. Now, now hear me today. If he can cause confusion in your home, he has the victory. If he can cause confusion in your life, if he can cause confusion in the church, if he can cause confusion in the world, that's his plan. That's what he desires to do, to always cause confusion, uh, to divert the attention from the truth of the gospel and put it on something else. Put it on something other than the truth of Jesus Christ. Look with me in verse number 23. In the same time arose no small stir about that way. And when the Bible says there no small stir, what, what they're saying is this. There, there was a, a great stir. No small stir, meaning a lot of people were, were coming together and upset about what was happening. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, brought no small gain unto the craftsmen. And so here we have a, a man by the name of Demetrius. He is a silversmith, and so he's the one making all of these idols, making all of these gods. He's the one that is, is uh, 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 making these, and then he sells these to those that are going to... to uh, um, make money off these. Look with me in verse number 25. When he called together with the workmen of like occupation and said, sirs, ye know that by this craft, we have our wealth. What was he saying? We make money by making gods and selling these gods. Moreover, ye see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all of Asia, this Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying that they, they be no gods which are made with hands. And so, again, as we're reading through this, I want you to think about this in Ephesus. There's the, the Apostle Paul and those that are with him that are preaching the gospel. People that once bought these, these gods to Diana, they used to worship these gods made of hands, and uh, uh, specifically the, the, goddess, the goddess Diana, those that uh, are making these come together and say, we've got a problem here. This apostle Paul, his preaching and his teaching, not just here in Ephesus, but all throughout Asia, he's changing this, this world. He's preaching the gospel. People are being saved and they're turning from these false gods. Matter of fact, he's even saying to them that these gods that we make aren't even real gods. He's causing great confusion. So that not only this, our craft, is in danger to be set at naught, but also that temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised and, and her magnificent magnificence should be destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worshipeth. And when they that heard these sayings, they were full of wrath and cried out, saying, Great is Diana of the, of the Ephesians. And the whole city was filled with that word there, with confusion. The entire city here is filled with confusion. Why? They're filled with confusion because Paul is preaching the gospel. People are being saved. They're no longer worshiping the God Diana. And those that make the God Diana are losing money. That's really what it comes down to. It comes down to the fact that, that, that uh, uh, money 
in, in power. And so there's this great uproar that takes place. They, they catch uh, Gaius and, and uh, those that are, are with Paul and his companions. And, and uh, look with me in verse number 30. And when Paul would have entered into the people, the disciples suffered him not. And certain of the chief of Asia, which were his friends, sent unto him, ordering him that he would not adventure himself into the theater. Because what's happened is a great mob of people have come together there in the theater. They've taken those that are preaching the gospel. They've taken those that, that uh, are, are affecting their livelihood. And, and uh, there's a, a, great, a great confusion, the Bible says here, that's taken place. You ever been confused? That's where the people are here. They're not sure what to do. There's this Apostle Paul that's changing their, their, their city. You're confused. At times, maybe you've been confused. You're not sure what to do or which way to go or, or what to believe or who to believe because you're hearing different stories. It sounds like the world that we're in today, total confusion. Now, I want you to stay with me, please, here today. I'm going to say some things on purpose today because I want us to understand as Bible-believing Christians, what do we do in times of confusion? Because many a times what Christians do is we panic. What te- many a times when the confusion that we're going to see happening in our world today, and I, I want you to understand something, church, as the day of the Lord approaches closer and closer and closer, you know what we're going to see? Even more confusion. We're going to see more of wrong being right and right being wrong. I, I don't say this to, 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 uh, uh, as more of a doomsday type prophet, but, but the world is going to get worse. The, the world was so bad at the time of Noah that, that the Bible says this, that re, God repented that he even made man. And Jesus said that his return is going to come as in the days of Noah. The world is going to continue to get work worse. Confusion is, is going to continue to come. And, and I want you to see in verse number 29, and the whole city was filled with confusion. And this is what Satan seeks to do, bring confusion, because confusion is, is the opposite of what the gospel brings. The gospel brings clarity. Satan brings confusion. Sin brings confusion. The gospel brings clarity in what areas? The gospel brings clarity in what Paul is preaching here in the book of Acts, specifically here in this chapter to the Ephesians here. He's, bringing, he's preaching the gospel, and it's bringing clarity. It's bringing clarity to man's sinful condition. He's preaching that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He's preaching that, that Diana, this goddess from Jupiter, cannot save you. He's preaching that salvation is found in Jesus, in Jesus Christ alone. He's bringing clarity. 
He's preaching the gospel and the gospel of Jesus Christ. It tells of man's sinful condition. And it, it tells that man has been forgiven and that forgiveness comes by way of the cross. Jesus Christ went to the cross. Man does not have to worship a God. Man does not have to appease the gods. Man does not have to take a, a graven image and, and put his hope in something that is, is not even alive. Man has been forgiven because of the work on the cross. When Jesus went to the cross and he cried out, it is finished. What was finished? Man's sin debt has been paid for. Religion says you've got to earn it. You've got to buy it. You know, they weren't giving out these little gods, Diana. When I was in India at the beginning of this year, we would go through the, the markets and in everywhere we went, you could buy gods. And nobody was giving them away for free. And the bigger the God, the more money. And the bigger the God, the, the more you were convinced that, that you would get their attention. And so the more money you spent, the more you would appease the gods. And the more you appease the gods, maybe you would have a chance that they would offer you a better life. Well, I want you to understand the gospel brings clarity. The gospel says Jesus paid the price and there's nothing you can purchase. There's nothing you can do. Jesus did all the work there on the cross. The gospel brings clarity. The gospel says that man has a savior. Man's Messiah is Jesus Christ. Man does not have to seek to save himself. Man does not have to live a perfect life that's impossible, hoping that if he does good works enough that he would appease the gods and the gods would, would allow him a, a better life in the afterlife. No, Jesus Christ is man's savior. The gospel brings clarity. There's only one choice. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The gospel clarifies that there's only one choice. Now stay with me, please. I know, I know many are sitting here thinking, I already know all this. I'm already saved. But hear, hear me, please. Because we're living in a day, Christian, it, it's, it's very important for us to understand this and know this and live this in a day of confusion. And not only know it and live it, but tell it. The gospel clarifies man's eternity. There are, some, there are some religions that teach this. If you live a good life and you die, you come back in the afterlife as something better than you were. If you live a bad life in this life, then you come back as something worse. Reincarnation. There are some that say there is no afterlife. You just live in this world and enjoy the things of this world and just enjoy your life. Be who you want to be. Do what you want to do. Live how you want to live because once you die, there's nothing. There's some that say this. There's, just a, there's a heaven and there's no hell, but there's just different degrees of heaven. There's some that believe that nothing happens. You just simply just go out into a black hole. There's some that say that there's a heaven and a hell, and no matter uh, uh, what you do, you are not sure. It all depends on what God wants in the afterlife. 
all of that is confusion. All of that puts it on man, and all of that puts it on religion, and all of that puts it on what you do. But the gospel brings clarity into a confusing world. The gospel says this, there's a heaven, and then there's a hell. And if you want to spend eternity in heaven, there's one way, and his name is Jesus Christ. If you reject the gospel of Jesus Christ, then you will spend eternity in hell. There is no in-between. There is no purgatory. There is no working your way out of something once you die, the Bible tells us of a rich man that closed his eyes here on this earth and opened his eyes in torment in hell. The Bible tells us of that, that beggar, Lazarus, that opened his, uh, closed his eyes to death here on this earth and opened his eyes in eternity in Abraham's bosom. And the Bible is very, very clear. There is an eternity and there only is one choice. It's Jesus to heaven and rejection of Jesus sends a person forever and ever and ever ever for all of eternity to a devil's hell. This is the clarity the gospel brings. And when the gospel is at work, Satan seeks confusion. We live in very confusing times. What is right was now wrong. What is wrong is now right. No, hear me, church, please. May God give us a church that stands for the truth in this day. I was praying this morning at my, in my office before the service and I, I thought of even children in today's world. I was watching a program yesterday. You know, they, they interview people on the street and they'll say, you know, what is, uh, what, why do we celebrate July 4th? And they would ask somebody, and adults didn't know. They, they asked, who was it that we got our independence from? And, and somebody said, Virginia. <laughs> one, one they said, what, what year did we get our independence? And the, one of the guys said, I think it was 1964. And they said, well, I think you're a little off. He said, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry, it was 1864, I'm sorry. One, one, one the person they asked, they said, what year was Jesus born? And the one person said, I have no idea. Another person said, I think it was around the 1300s. They were asking different questions and, and different things. One said, now who is George Washington? And, and, and the answer, somebody said, I think he's on a, a dollar bill. They said, but who is he? I don't know. Did he make the dollar bill? I don't know. We live in a generation, hear me please, there's such confusion. Our children have so much pressure on them. And the pressures they have on them is not causing clarity. The pressures they have on them in this generation is causing more and more confusion. And God give us families and, and parents that, that bring clarity to their homes. Satan's plan is to confuse this generation. And hear me, church, he's doing a great job with it right now. But this has always been his plan. Look with me, if you have your Bibles, look with me to, in Genesis chapter number three. Genesis chapter number three. 
verse number one, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the fields which the Lord God had, had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, hath God said he shall not eat of the every tree of the garden? What is he doing in the very first verse? He's bringing confusion. God said he made man to, to worship him and he, he placed him in a garden to keep it and he formed woman out of the rib of man to, to be a help me to Adam and he, and he said of every tree you can eat but that tree, that one tree you cannot eat and Satan comes in and he takes it and he brings confusion to the life of Eve. And the woman said unto the serpent, verse number two, we may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And so here, Eve is not confused yet. She says, oh, no, no, we can eat of every tree except that one tree. And that one tree, God said that we can't because if we do, we'll die. And here's Satan's response in verse number four. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as, what, gods, knowing good and evil. You see what Satan is seeking to do? Bring confusion. He's always done this from the beginning of time. Bring confusion. God says one thing, Satan confuses it with another. God says to Eve, you can't eat of this tree. Satan confuses it. Man falls into sin. And every single then person born into the human race now is born with a sin nature. God says, I'm going to send my son, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And Satan brings confusion and says, no, 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 there's not just one way. There's many ways. There's, there's the goddess Diana. She fell from Jupiter, and, and, and now we're making these gods. And if you worship her, that's the way. Oh, listen to me, church. Oh, parents, please listen to me today. Don't allow confusion to slip into your home. You must combat confusion with the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. One of the saddest things that I believe that is happening in Christianity, they're saying this, that 80% or so of people, children that grow up in Christianity, once they are five years removed out of, uh, 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 of school or, or the home, they totally reject and turn away from the truth that they've been taught. Why? Because Satan seeks confusion. Don't allow this confusion to slip into your home. Oh, listen to me, parents, please. We put our kids down in front of a TV or an internet and have no idea what they're watching. I'm telling you today, they're watching confusion. Don't, don't submit your God-given responsibility in parenting to a screen or to Hollywood. And I understand, I know what some of you are thinking. This is 2020, that, that's kind of old style preaching. I, I want you to know it's not old style preaching, it's Bible preaching. Don't, don't submit your God-given responsibility to letting your neighbors raise your kids or, or, or the TV raise your kid or Hollywood raise your kid or the school systems raise your kid. God gave you your children. You seek to bring clarity in your home so that your children understand what truth is because Satan is doing everything he possibly can to bring confusion in the mind of your children. 
to bring confusion in the mind of every adult. Here's an entire city. As I read chapter number 19, this last portion of chapter 19, here's an entire city given over to confusion because of this goddess Diana. How does he cause confusion? In chapter 19, I see some things here I want you to see along with me. How does Satan cause confusion? Well, let's just stick to chapter number 19, and I want you to see in verse number 28 of this chapter. And when they had heard these sayings, they were full of wrath and cried out, saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. Then the whole city was filled with confusion. And they, the Bible tells us this at the last part of that verse. They rushed with one accord into the theater. And so here they have, they rushed into the theater. They rushed Paul's companions and, and they stood before the, the, the city leaders there. And how does he cause this confusion? I want you to see here in this chapter through mob rule. Just, just lose your mind and lose your sanity and come together and, and we'll just... All of us in confusion, all of us in one accord will come together before the, the council of the city and demand this gospel stop. What do they do? They excite the masses. This entire city, this entire city here in, in Ephesus is in disarray. This entire city is in confusion and all of the people come and they come with one accord to cause this preaching of the gospel to cease. You see, they didn't realize the reason. Look, look with me in verse number 32, if you would please. Some therefore cried one thing and some another. For the assembly was confused. We see that word again. And the more part knew not whether they were come together. You know what they're saying? They were so confused, they weren't even sure what they were doing. They were all just this mob rule coming together, exciting the masses. And, and, and one hand didn't know what the other one was excited about. All they cared about is all of us are going to go against what's happening here. They didn't even realize the real reason. They just got caught up in it. No, hear me, church, please. Satan desires to bring confusion. And if you were to really find out what are we, what are we doing and why are we doing this? It's for different reasons and, and different purposes. And, 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 and behind the scenes, there's a real leader and his, his name is Satan and he's doing everything he can to bring confusion to the human race, to bring confusion to mankind, to bring confusion so that you don't accept the clarity of the gospel. Hear, hear me. People see what's happening around this world and they think it's politically driven. They see what's happening around the world and, and they, they, they equate it to different things. I, I want you to understand something here today. What, what I want you to see here today is this is Satan's plan to confuse the human race so the human race looks to something other than Jesus Christ. Look to government. Government will solve the problems. Listen to me, government will only create more problems. 
Well, look to religion. Religion will solve the problem. No, religion will only cause more problems because religion is in itself, is anti-God, is anti-Jesus uh, Christ. It's, it's man and what man can do. There's only one true thing that will clarify all of man's questions, that will deal with all of man's problems, and his name is Jesus Christ, and it's the gospel of the death, the burial, and the resurrection. That's the answer. This causes this confusion. I see in verse number 33 and verse number 34 of chapter 19. And they drew Alexander out of the multitude. Listen, listen closely here. Alexander, he, they draw him out of the multitude. The Jews putting him forward. And Alexander beckoned with a hand and would have made his defense unto the people. So here, here Alexander... He comes out, he's beckoning with his hands. He's, he's, he's saying, oh, wait, listen, listen, listen. I want to help you. He's doing everything he can to get them to hear his side. And look what happens in verse number 34. But when they knew that he was a Jew, all with one voice about the space of two hours, cried out, great is Diana of the Ephesians. Now listen to me. Only allow one side to be heard. Here, Alexander is going to give them something to hear, and they don't want to hear what Alexander says. They shout him down for a space of two hours, the Bible says, and all they chant is, great is Diana of the Ephesians. You see, how do you cause confusion? Only allow one side to be heard. There's no room to learn. There's no room to hear the other side. There's no space for hearing any longer. And hear me, Christian, it goes both ways. Sometimes we get on social media and we just shout down. We need to learn that Satan is the author of confusion. In verse number 34, for two hours, they simply yell, great is Diana of the Ephesians. Satan's tactics haven't changed. He still seeks confusion. He still desires to keep the truth from the, the masses. How does he do this? He does this through the mob rule. He does this through confusion. He, uh, why? Number two, why does he cause confusion? I want you to see in verse number 23 and 25 of this. Look with me again in chapter number 19, verse 23. In the same time, arose no small stir about the way for a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, brought no small gain unto the uh, craftsmen, whom he called together with the workmen of the like occupation and said, Sirs, you know that by this craft we have made our wealth. It's about money. It's about money. Satan puts that love of money in the hearts of people, and that's what sin has done. People are now driven by wealth. He's used this to cause confusion. 
How does he cause confusion for the love of money? Here, here is a man by the name of Demetrius. He's a sinner. He's a, he's a human being that needs to accept Christ as his Savior, but he can't see past that if, I, if, if they continue to preach this truth, he can't see past the moment of him making money. And hear me today, there's more to life than wealth. There's more to life than riches. There's more to life than living for the thrills of this world. There's more to life. It's called Jesus Christ. I was watching a documentary of a, of a man that's worth $2 billion. And he's not happy. I think I mentioned this last week. He's had all of the, all of the thrills of this world and he still comes up missing and unhappy when it's all over. He's had more women than you can possibly imagine. You know what? None of them satisfy. He's got all the wealth, two, almost $2 billion. How much more can you possibly want? You know what they find? It's not enough. I, 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 I watched a, a documentary, a, a, an ex-fighter, Mike Tyson, if you remember him, one of the greatest fighters, boxers of all time, made over $300 million in his boxing career. $300 million and found himself over $30 million in debt. Had everything. And unhappy. See, we're trying to seek clarity through wealth. We're trying to seek clarity through possessions. We're trying to seek, and all that does is clouds the truth of the gospel. It's only the gospel that brings clarity. We find here, how does he cause confusion? He does it through wealth. Look with me in verse number 26 of the same chapter. Moreover, ye see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul, hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying that they be no, there be no gods which are made with hands, so that they not only uh, this, our craft is in danger to be set at naught. He says, so not only is our livelihood in danger, but also the temple, the great goddess Diana, should be despised in her magnificence, should be destroyed, whom all of Asia and the world worshipeth. You know how he does this? Through wealth and through power. You see, their power was in the fact that people worship Diana. If Paul, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, caused people no longer to worship Diana, then their, their livelihood would be at stake. The, 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 the temple to Diana would be up st at, at, at stake. And all of Asia that once worshipped this Diana, they would no longer worship her. And those that were involved in, in, in uh, leading people to worship her, and those that were involved in the, in the temple, and those that were involved in making of the gods, and, and all those around it, they'd lose their power. See, anything that threatens wealth and power so much of what we are seeing 
today's world is going to, is, is going to usher in the Antichrist. And this is, Christian, please hear me now. If you've fallen asleep, wake up for these next few moments, please. Online, listen to me. As I get into this message here, I want you to understand something because we're only seeing it for the physical. We're only seeing it just a few inches in front of us. And what we're seeing happening around this world, all of it is going to usher in the Antichrist. And we're seeing it wrong, church. You say, how do you know that? Because we're seeing the events that are happening in our world today, and it's causing some Christians to argue and fight, not over the gospel, not over clarity, but they're arguing and fighting over wealth and over power. We're seeing some Christians anxious and, 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 and confused and, and buying into all this. Listen to me, please. All of this is going to happen because the Antichrist is going to come into power. All of this is going to happen, and it's predicted by the Word of God. I believe we are seeing the precursor of the tribulation. I think we're seeing the precursor of the return of Christ. The rapture is soon. And church, don't get caught up in the confusion of this all. It'd be good for some to get rid of your social media. It really, it really would. Because you're arguing and fighting over power and wealth. You're, not, you're, not, you're, not, you're, you're bringing confusion into the matter, not clarity. Our job as Christians is to look into the heavens and for the return of Jesus Christ. Paul told the church there at Thessalonica to, to, to wait and, and be ready and be ready for the return of Christ. Many are simply having their eyes on the things of this world and the events of this world and you're getting caught up in the confusion of Satan instead of getting your eyes on heaven and looking to Jesus and looking for this soon return and looking to the clarity that the gospel offers. Don't get caught up in this confusion, church. Look with me in this passage of scripture as well, the solution to the confusion we find here in this passage of scripture. In verse number 19, in verse number 38, look, look with me what you find. There's a great confusion. They have this mob rule that comes into and wants justice done their way. And when the town's clerk had appeased the people, he said, ye men of Ephesus, what man is there that knoweth not how the city of Ephesians is a worshiper of the great goddess Diana and of the image which fell down from Jupiter? He says, we all know the truth. We all know what happened. Seeing then that these things cannot be spoken against, ye ought to be quiet and to do nothing rashly. For ye have brought hither these men, which are neither robbers of churches nor blasphemers of your goddess. Wherefore, if Demetrius and the craftsmen which are, are, are with him have a matter against any man, the law is open. There are deputies. Let them implead one another. But if ye require anything concerning other matters, it shall be determined in what? The lawful assembly. For we are in danger to be called in question for this day's uproar, there being no cause whereby ye may give an account 
of this concourse. And when he had spoken, thus spoken, the, he dismissed the assembly. I want you to see something here in verses 38 and 39. The solution to this confusion is lawful order. You see, God set this up. God has set up laws. God in the Old Testament set up laws that Israel is to follow and abide by. All throughout the New Testament, there are rules and, and laws and, and ways for the Christian to behave. Lawful order, number two, in verse number uh, uh, 40. Um, What's happening here in verse number 40, for we are in danger to be called in the question for this day's uproar, therefore being no cause whereby ye may give an account of this concourse. Listen to me, you know what happens? Confusion takes away from the real issue. He said, you know what he's saying? All of you are coming together and you're all in an uproar. You're all confused and nothing's gonna get resolved. And so what needs to happen? Look with me in verse number 35. Again, and when the town's clerk had appeased the people, he said, ye men of uh, uh, Ephesus, what man is here that knoweth not how the city of Ephesus is a worshiper of the great gods? Verse number 41, and when he had thus spoken, he dismissed the assembly. He brought to them, he was a reasonable voice. Now, Obviously, we don't agree with the fact that Diana was a goddess that, of an image that fell from Jupiter. There's a voice of reason for these. And hear me, church, the solution to the confusion that we have in this world, I believe this is for a Christian to be a voice of reason. To stop adding to the confusion and start speaking truth. The Bible says that we as Christians ought to be peacemakers. We don't go out there with the gloves on ready to fight. We don't go out there ready to offend. We are peacemakers. We go out there with the truth of the gospel that has the, uh, the, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us, and we allow him to use us as a vessel, and we speak truth where we are a reasonable voice to a world of confusion. And that's where the Christian ought to be. You see, Satan is doing everything he can to cause destruction and to cause confusion. And God's people ought to be clarity, clarifying the gospel, the purpose of the gospel, the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ and bringing the truth to a world to bring peace. He, hear, hear me, church. Our opinions are not going to resolve anything. Only the gospel of Jesus Christ will. Because many a times we find, given it a little bit of time, our opinions weren't even right. But one thing that remains right for all, through all generation and through all time is the gospel message of Jesus Christ. That's what brings clarity. And here in chapter number 19, we end it with a great mob. 
great group of people, angry and confused, not even sure what they're even fighting about. They're all in different areas, fighting for different things. And it's the gospel that brings clarity. Church, I'm done with this, please. Paul, all throughout the New Testament, whether he was talking to the church at Corinth, whether he was talking to the church in Thessalonica, whether he's talking to the church at Monclova Road, his message was to look up, be ready for the coming of Christ, be caught laboring for the gospel's sake, to, to not get consumed with the things of this world, to, not, to, to be in this world, but not of this world, to, to, to realize that, that uh, Christ is soon going to come back. Be ready for that, church. This very week, Christ could return. What are you going to be caught doing? How are you going to be caught living? Are you going to be surprised when he returns because your focus was on confusion? Or are you going to be ready when he returns because your focus was upon heaven and heavenly things and on the gospel of Jesus Christ? That's what's going to change this world. That's what's going to bring clarity to confusion. Oh, listen to me, church. We are here to bring the light, to bring salt, to bring the gospel message. That's what our job is. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And when we leave here today, we ought to leave here as an army of soldiers for Christ with a gospel message. And if, 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 if we are confronted with confusion, we ought to combat it with the clarity of the gospel. If we're confronted with sin, we ought to combat it with the clarity of the gospel. If we're combated, are confronted with, with, with uh, uh, pride and lust and jealousy and rage and, and all the things that we're facing today, we ought to combat it with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because people need Jesus. That's what they need. And if you have him, share him so that others can have Christ. Father, Lord, in the end times, you said there's going to be great falling away of the faith. There's going to be a great number of people that get caught up in the confusion that Satan is presenting. They're going to get caught up in the things that have no eternal value. They're going to get caught up fighting and positioning themselves and wanting to be right when there is no right in confusion. get caught up fighting each other get caught up bickering and or get caught up into worldliness and lose focus that we're here to bring clarity and that clarity only comes through the message of the gospel and the word of God God forgive us if we're known for giving our opinion and not known for giving the gospel God, forgive us if we're more bold to give our opinion than we are to give the gospel. God, forgive us if we're more apt to tell what we think 
and not what you think. And so Lord, I pray maybe to that heart today that doesn't know you as their savior, Lord, would you bring clarity to their heart? Maybe for that one today that's sitting here confused, that's caught up into this world system, may they, through your help, come back to clarity. Come back to being Bible-focused and gospel-centered. Come back with the fact that their responsibility is to share Jesus Christ, that he is the answer. He was the answer for us, and he's the answer for this world. And so, Lord, if someone is here today without Christ, I pray they trust him as their Savior today. May they realize that their sin has damned them to hell. But Jesus Christ has saved them. He's paid their sin debt. And oh God, I pray they would confess their sins today and accept that free gift of salvation through the cross of Jesus Christ. If there's a Christian here today that's confused, that's anxious, that's troubled in their spirit, Lord, we know that's not from you. Your spirit's not a spirit of fear. You're not an author of confusion. And so if we are saved today and that's what we're experiencing it, Lord, it shows us that we are lacking a yielding to the spirit, a walk with you and allowing your word to control us. We're taking control of our life in areas it's not for us to take control in. It's to be yielded to you. And so Heavenly Father, would you soften our hearts? Would you cause us to be yielded to your spirit? Would we exhibit the fruit of the spirit today in our life? May we have that love and that joy and that peace, that patience. And as an army of soldiers today for Christ, may we leave here and may we truly make an impact in a world of hate, a world of anger, a world of racism, world of murder, a world of crime, a world of sin. Oh God, may we take the answer and bring clarity to this lost world. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. As we continue with the invitation this morning and we consider the message that we've heard I think the message is preached in order to get us to the point where we decide to do something different in our life than when we showed up this morning. And this morning we were challenged to look inward as a Christian and see if there is a place of confusion in our life that we need clarity. So this morning I would ask you to take a minute and ask God to reveal to you in your life if, there's, if there is a place of confusion if over the last couple of weeks you found yourself rethinking and reevaluating some things that you knew were true, this morning would you ask Christ to help you to have clarity? And then would you, as a Christian, would you decide this morning that you're going to be a voice of clarity to the world around you? As we heard the message this morning, Pastor challenged us 
to leave this place and go be a voice of clarity in our world. And we can only do that with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so this morning, in just a minute, we're going to have a word of prayer, a word of dedication. And I would ask you that as we pray, if you would commit yourself, that you would leave this place decided to be a voice of clarity to the world around you. And then to those that are here this morning that may be unsaved, and you may be considering in your life and saying, I need clarity with my eternity. As we heard this morning, Jesus Christ is that clarity. And it is as simple as realizing that you are a sinner and that you need a savior. And that savior is Jesus Christ. And when he came and he died on the cross for your sins, he paid the penalty so you don't have to. And all you have to do is simply say a prayer, trusting in your heart and in your life, believing that Jesus Christ paid the penalty for you. And with our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning, if you're a Christian, would you just pray in your heart and would you say to God and ask him to allow you to be a voice of clarity in the world around you? And if you're unsaved this morning and you want the clarity of eternity in your life, it's simply saying a prayer like this. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know that my sin deserves eternal punishment in hell. But I understand that Jesus came and paid the price for my sin on the cross. And this morning, I receive the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. And this morning, I put my faith and my trust in the finished work of Christ on the cross. And if you've prayed that this morning, we wanna celebrate you. All our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, but if you've prayed that this morning, would you lift your hand so we can, so I can see that and I can rejoice with you? Is there anybody that would lift your hand and say, I prayed that prayer this morning? This morning, Father, we are joyful to know that we can have clarity in an unclear world because of you. Lord, our eternity can be clear because of you. And we rejoice and we praise you and thank you for bringing to us and giving to us salvation through Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, just before you go, we wanna invite you to do two things. Number one, Invite somebody to come with you next week. Now, it's going to be a great week, again, under our tent, and we want to make sure that you are here and you're inviting people. Second thing is, this coming Thursday is our community event, and we have a bunch of invitations on the brown table out there in the back, and we would love to have you take some of those, pass them through your neighborhood, invite coworkers and friends to come with you, and it's going to be a great night here. We're going to have food trucks, uh, a concert, and just a great time together. So we will look forward to seeing you Thursday night. And if not, we'll see you next Sunday. Have a great week.